0: Welcome to episode 406 of We Don't Die Radio. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And just a reminder, our our home base is wedontdie.com, where of course you can find medium classes our free Sunday gathering inspirational service with a medium demonstration included and just this past couple of weeks I started a new Patreon community so this is not for everybody but if you're a fan of my work and want to donate as little as a dollar per future episode I've got some good things in exchange you get a full list of both my podcast episodes that you can search and click on which Cumulatively is over 550 hours of episodes. Of course, new episodes, you get commercial free, which I can't guarantee on other podcast sites, and you get some interviews early, bird, so you get them before the general public. So if you're interested in any of that, or if not, it's okay. But we don't die.com is the home base. And this is a very special video interview. So if you are listening on a podcast channel and you'd rather be Seeing my wonderful guest and myself, just head over to YouTube and type in we don't die 406." And my guest today is long overdue to be on the show. I dropped the ball several years ago, I'm sure, but today is actually the perfect day. Robert Ginsberg is the co-founder of Forever Family Foundation, a global not for profit organization. Over the years, he has met and interviewed hundreds of scientists, researchers, medical doctors, academics, and mediums who believe that our consciousness survives our physical death. Bob hosts the Signs of Life radio show, is past editor of Signs of Life magazine, heads the foundation's Medium Evaluation Certification Program, and writes a blog at BeyondTheFiveSenses.com. He is the author of the books, The Medium Explosion, A Guide to Navigating the World of Those Who Claim to Communicate with the Dead, and his latest book is called My Life Here and There, A Journey That Transcends Space and Time. Bob with his wife, Fran, who is now in spirit, and Forever Family Foundation are currently featured in the mega hit netflix docuseries called surviving death. I encourage all to visit, explore, and join foreverfamilyfoundation.org, where science and spirituality work hand in hand to be to bring comfort to the bereaved. Bob, a warm welcome to We Don't Die Radio.
1: Well, thank you, Sandra, for that wonderful introduction. And you're right. It's been a long time. I think we've been communicating for probably uh, seven or eight years. So we finally got got this going.
0: (laughs) Somehow it's all perfect. So Bob, today I would love it if you would tell your story. But first, I just want to say you have been through a lot. You've experienced a lot of grief in so many different ways. So our condolences for everything. And if there could be the energizer bunny showing what's possible to not only survive grief, but to continue on and make a difference for another. I think you're the poster child for that.
1: Well, thank you for saying that. But you know what it's like when you're in grief, you you keep going because you have no choice. You just do what you, you think that you need to do. So. Yes.
0: Well, talk to us about you and your story. I know some, many people are familiar with, you, but I think there's quite a few of our listeners and viewers that aren't. If you wouldn't mind taking us through back to the beginning and to where we are now.
1: Yeah. Well, um, if we go back um, 20 years ago, um, pretty much exactly 20 years ago, I was a totally different person than I am now. I was a left brain logical thinker. Um, I never gave much thought to the afterlife. And if and, and if we were having a conversation then, I would have dismissed the afterlife as a fantasy, a wishful thinking. And I said, because, you know, what could possibly survive? You know, we are our brains. Our brains produce consciousness. And therefore, when our brains are no more, we are no more. Um, and then, uh, you know, tragedy st- uh, struck. And, and um, even though I didn't, so-called believe in 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 the afterlife. Uh, my son and my daughter were in a in a car accident, and uh, my wife woke up at three o'clock in the morning the day of the accident, and she was trembling and shaking and ashen and white. And I said, "What's the matter?" And she just stared um, straight ahead, and she said, "Something horrible is going to happen today." And I said, "Well, you know, what does that mean?" You know, and she said. I can't tell you other than the fact that our lives are going to be changed forever today. And uh, I took it seriously because, you know, my wife was, I mean, she wasn't a medium, but she was an intuitive person. And there were many things that happened in our lives together uh, that I couldn't explain. She would have these visions and premonitions and so forth. And they were all good things, but logic told me if she was right then, she could be right now. So I did what most parents would do. And I watched over our three, children during the day and one was back at college the other was going to college the next day and my youngest one was working a part-time job and um as the day progressed um i let my guard down and you know we went out to dinner it it faded from my awareness and i dismissed it and of course um you know on the way home from the restaurant my son and my daughter were involved in, in the accident and my daughter didn't survive uh and my son had had very serious injuries so um Later on, my, you know, my son was in a coma. Um, he emerged um, and it was queer that he was going to survive. I it kind of hit me because, you know, I, you're in, as you might expect, you're in shock, you know, for quite a while. And I said, wait a second, like, how did Fran know? How did my wife know? Because I saw her. She knew that this was going to happen, although she didn't have the details. So that started me on a quest I mean, I'll call it a quest, but it was probably more of an obsession. I had to know, I had to find out how she knew. Uh, That was the first thing. And then I had to find out if it was possible that my daughter still survived in some form. And then I started, you know, as uh, crisscrossing mostly in the United States, meeting with medical doctors and scientists and researchers and authors and people in the field um, trying to see if there's any evidence from credible people that had letters after their name, um, uh, that studied consciousness, um, uh, that suggested that we do, you know, we're more than our physical bodies. And I found the evidence to be overwhelming, um, and compelling to the point where I couldn't believe where nobody knew about this. I mean, how is it, you know, kept secret. And one thing led to another and, you know, we, we started the, the foundation, um, in 2003 um and we 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 um we gathered scientists um and mediums and academics you know on our various boards and we like to think of ourselves as a as a a convergence of of science and spirituality oddly enough what i found doing the work is that sometimes i'd be interviewing physicists um and you know which was kind of out of my league and i said well Damn, that they, they sound a lot like the spiritualists I'm talking about. They're essentially talking about the same thing, as coming from a single point of light, and uh, you know, a life, uh, um, you know, of compassion and love. You know, on the other side, and and uh, how we're all connected. So there's not that much of a difference as people might think. You know, between science and, and spirituality. So I, I I've been learning every day since you know, as I said, since you know, for the past twenty years, and and um, you know, we're not um, grief therapists, you know, and we're very careful. But the information that we provide has been helpful to the people that that are bereaved. Because, um, I mean, let's face it. If you've lost somebody close to you, the only thing that gives you any, any hope or comfort is the thought that they still survive in some form. So if you could show them... Um, reasons why um this is probable you know it, it bring brings some comfort plus the fact that you know we try to Foster people to have their own personal experiences and I don't have to tell you how that could flip one's perspective on, on life and death because they have if you have this profound experience I mean it doesn't have to be a near-death experience it could be a, a profound and evidential medium reading it could be a dream visitation it could be a multiple a multitude of of different things um it really can make a big difference in one's grief. And um, it's been shown that, as you know, as published in peer-reviewed journals, that, that, that those studies show that those who believe in life after death do better in their grief than those who don't. And that makes a lot of sense to me because that's the only thing. That's the only thing that gave me any, any hope. Um, so... That's a long-winded answer to your question. I'm sorry for taking
0: up so much time. (laughs) No, this is about you. So more of you and less of me is fine. Did your daughter come through in the early days through mediums or anything when you got involved with this when you started? Well,
1: yeah. I mean, my my daughter was coming through like gangbusters and all sorts of after-death communications. The problem was since I didn't believe in an afterlife, I dismissed everything you know, my wife was having these unbelievable, profound experiences. And I was grateful for that because I was sort of living vicariously through her because I knew she would never lie to me. And if she was having these experiences. meant My daughter still existed, but I still uh, spent years and years, um, admittedly, as somewhat of a hip- hypocrite, because here I am, you know, giving talks about evidence of an afterlife, and I still didn't fully buy in. It was as as if I was trying to convince myself. But eventually, you know, I moved from that stage of hope to belief and into knowing, you know, and it took a long time to get to that knowing stage. So yes, my my daughter was coming through, um, even though I wasn't recognizing like true after-death communications over a period of about, I don't know. I, I mean, I journaled every one, but over a period of about four years, I had 74 dream visitations from my daughter. Um, and, you know, and they were true visitations in every sense of the world. They were tactile. I could talk to her. I could see her. I could hug her. I could kiss her. We could have a conversation. So that was my, you know, lifeline. I felt very, very fortunate to have that. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've, I've Discussed them and written about them. Um, you know, they were all, um, as a matter of fact, because my wife encouraged me to journal every every experience that I had or that she had. Um, there was some point where I had to gather up all my notes because somebody had asked me to contribute to a to a book, and and then I I, I started looking, and I, I even just to show you how demented I am, I I took all my notes of these experiences, and I and I consulted with a statistician because I wanted to find out the odds against chance of all these things really occurring and when I had 20 million to one shots I had to relent and throw out my hands and say you know what um you know I have to follow the evidence I have to be true to my word this is the evidence it's true and so that I think that a lot of people take the path if science lots of times can open one up to recognizing all these things that are happening. Um, because I needed that that foundation, uh, you know, uh, of belief. And once I had that, then I started to get my own, you know, different types of after death communications and, and so forth. So, yeah, I mean, I w- we were both fortunate that she was a good communicator.
0: I think it's being human. We are hardwired not to believe, because I've been at this since the mid 90s. And I still wake up in the morning kind of pinching myself, is is this all real, you know, or am I, you know, my fake? Am I just sharing these things? And then another miracle I call them comes in and I know this is the real deal, but I just don't think being human, you know, maybe we're tied into this game called life that we're we can't leave, I don't know, maybe you can live 24 seven just believing it all.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I appreciate what you're saying, and 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 you know what, um, I was somewhat surprised that over the years, and uh, you know, having conversations with countless numbers, of, you know, of mediums, and you know, uh, some of them, you know, uh, extremely, uh, you know, good practitioners, and they would say to me, you know what, Bob, there were times that I wake up and I question if this is real, and I'm like, really, you know, it's like I didn't want to hear that at the time, you know, because you know, I want to you know, I want you to absolutely believe, but as you say, um, you're absolutely right. We're human, you know, we have human emotions and, and plus, you know, our up, up upbringing and, and uh, social influences and educational influences or religious influences, you know, I mean, they're all part of who we are and we're, we're taught to question things that we can't perceive with our own physical senses. And that's instilled deep and in, you know into our into our consciousness so i understand that you're saying but like what happens with you then you you know all of a sudden you there's a great reading and i just can't be making this up so yeah
0: yeah it's great readings a good friend of mine scott milligan is a trance medium and every friday he does a demonstration and we get to ask questions and you know, I've known Scott for almost eight years now, and I know his spirit team for about the same, and they are completely different people. And, you know, you know, when something resonates as the truth, you know, you just feel yeah. it, you know, it. Um, anyways, tell us about Fran and your work together. Oh. You guys have done some incredible things. And
1: yeah, I mean, I, you know, Fran dragged me through this. I mean, I mean, I, you know, yes, I'm a, Co-founder with her of the foundation, but it was really all her, you know, I mean, so she uh, she um, I was here, just there along for the ride. I mean, I, obviously, uh, as the years went by, I uh, took more and more responsibilities, but she created everything that we we do. I mean, she, <clears throat> you know, created the foundation. She created our, uh, you know, the medium certification program and, and then, you know, the, the radio show and, you know, we're, we're publishing them magazine, which I after she passed I couldn't keep up with that so we don't we don't do that anymore and then we we'd hold annual conferences you know across the United States, you know and th- that took a lot of work so she was wearing uh a lot of hats and and she literally worked you know eighteen hours a day, seven days a week never took I mean we could never go on vacation or anything because even if I grabbed her for a couple of days. Yeah, I couldn't get her off the you know the computer and worrying about this and that. So that became her life, and I understood that she felt that her whole life previous to this was building up to that point. You know, um, um, so uh, yeah, I I just uh, I never would have uh, even thought to do this work. You know, you know, without her, and then I, you know, I felt a. Uh, um, when she got sick, I mean, she got very sick very quickly and I couldn't really, um, it takes over your whole body, you know, and I couldn't really have many conversations with her um, because she wanted to keep that that positive mental attitude, you know, that she wasn't going to die and that what the things we were doing, were, you know, were going to help and so forth. But um, I, I got to have a few things near, the conversations near the end and I, I saw, you know, what do you want me to do with the foundation i you know, I, you need to tell me i'll do whatever you know so i i really i don't know at one point which is so totally not like her because she was like like a workaholic and um like a force of nature and everything that she got into she looked at me and she says why don't you just have a big party <laughs> so, you know, it's like actually a big F party were exact words, you know. So I goes like that was not her, you know, talking, but um, uh, but but I I was able to identify the core things that we do that she wanted me to continue and and that's that's what we're doing. And fortunately, um, you know, she laid out the bl- the blueprint. I just continue to plug in the, you know, the pieces and following her direction and we keep growing. And so I I um um, it's like a, a testament to, to her vision, but um, now we're, we've got, you know, 14,000 members, you know, across across the world, and, and you know, everything that we do is, you know, well-populated and so but that just shows you that there's such a great interest um, in the work, you know, that you and I and everybody else does that, um, and plus the fact that, as people my age, you know, baby boomers start to get closer to their physical demise. Um, a lot of people are questioning things that they never questioned before. They're questioning their own mortality and could there be a possibility? So it's not only grieving people that are interested in the work, it's people that are curious.
0: Yeah, that's how I got in it's The your... Yeah. Has Fran come through either through mediums or in dreams like your daughter has? Well, um, you know, a lot of
1: people after Fran passed, they said, Oh, you know, you know, knowing us, I said, oh, you're gonna get signs like crazy. And and I really didn't, um, for whatever reason. I, I think that um Fran knew like what a hard-headed guy I was when it came to this stuff. So she, you know, kept trying to think of things I, I um that were not easy to do, things that she knew that I could not um question you know on my own I mean I'll I'll give you an example uh so friend, for whatever reason she she had her hands were very soft and silky and and I love to hold her hand you know sounds corny but I I love to hold the hand so and to the point where I was a pest you know so she I was always driving and she was always in the passenger seat and I'd always hold out my right hand you know for her to you know like she would like grab a hold of my thumb, you know, and that all was right in the world. Yeah, I felt comfort and, you know, all that stuff after that. So after Fran passed, every single time um, for, for the first, I'd say, year and a half, I would say out loud to her, Fran, you know, show me. So I need you to do this. Just grab my, hand, my thumb, you know, and I'd hold out my thumb like an idiot. You know, people would turn up pull up next to me and, and at a red light and then I'd be having my thumb out, you know, and talking to some imaginary person, I thought. Um, and nothing like a year and a half. I asked million nothing, never anything. And then <clears throat> one day I said, oh, well, look, I don't care. I I really need this. You got to do this for me. You got to find a way. And with that, I felt, I mean, not only grasped my thumb, somebody grasped my thumb, but there was a um, a vibrant energy in the base of my thumb. And, you know, so my whole whole hand was vibrating and the energy just moved up all the way, you know, to the top of my thumb, you know, and then back down again. And I was just, you know, I mean, that's, you know, lots of times these, these communications, you know, they come with this sense of knowing. There was no question in my mind, you know, the, you know, I, nothing had ever happened like this before in my life, you know, and here I am asking, you know, her for a year and a half and, and it finally happens. And it lasted, I'd say for a good, it wasn't like fleeting. It lasted for a good 10, 15 minutes, you know, and then it gradually went away. And of course, despite me, I still ask and it, you know, it's not happened since, you know, cause she would be saying, look, don't be an idiot. I, I gave you what you wanted. You know, I can't, it takes a lot of work. I can't do it again. But that to me, the way I reason that out is that's something she would do. It's something that I could not question, you know, so I haven't gotten, I've had, I've had some dream visitations, uh, not as profound as the ones that I, you know, that I had with my daughter. I get certain, you know, signs that I recognize, but it's it's not um, something that comes very
0: often. She could be just so close, always with you. And I can't imagine once we get there, what you know, I've got my beliefs of what the afterlife is like, and that, you know, we can eavesdrop and be with our loved ones and witness things in their life and uh, and show signs and manipulate energy and all that stuff. Like, it's all possible, but how difficult is it? Do they, is there truly no time over there so they know it's a blink of an eye, we'll be together? Do they want us to live our life fully and not keep relying on them? those are only answers we're going to get once we get there so yeah and, you know
1: i'm sure it's a question that you get all the time because we certainly do is and people say well why don't i get signs you know and and, and everybody else uh, I, even when we hold these grief retreats um sometimes i have mixed feelings in in these group settings when we have a discussion about after death communications and signs cuz you have people that are sitting there that get very few, if any, signs. And then other people that seem to get them on a daily basis. And then, you know, the ones that don't get them question, well, does this mean that I, my my loved one doesn't love me, you know? Or, you know, and of course not. But as you just hinted at, um, you're an entity of thought and energy. It can't be easy, you know? To, I mean, I think that there are mediums on the other side that help our, you know, discarnate loved ones to to communicate. Um, I mean, yes, there are people that can communicate right away for whatever reason, but others, you know, it takes, nothing comes through for quite a long time and then it starts, you know, to come through. So, um, I wish I had the answer, you know, as to why some people, you know, don't get signs, but I tend to think that it's, it's a learning process. Plus the fact that I think there's a lot to do there. (laughs) I mean, we're constantly learning and progressing and exposed to all different things and we can, you know, uh, just by thought alone, migrate among the, you know, the the universe. I mean, plus the fact that they know that this physical existence is just a tiny blip and that, you know, they're going to see us again and they're not in grief and it's not as profound as what we think it is, you know, so uh, they know that, you know, we'll put in our time here and we'll do our learning and, you know, we'll move on. So, um, but certainly... for those that don't get scientists not doesn't have anything to do with the love or the bond that you had with somebody
0: no nothing at all and i also think too they do come to us in in very subtle ways planting you know sometimes i get a wave of love i i told you earlier that today is uh, my grandmother and my dad's birthday she gave birth to him on her 18th birthday so happy birthday dad and Grammy but there's just these subtle things I mean sometimes I've seen like a slideshow in my mind just before I go to sleep of things I did with my dad and my brain couldn't produce those images that fast and sometimes I just get this feeling you know or or just a memory and I think those are just little easier to do calling signs that our loved ones are with us but we human beings just blow them off that's just our imagination but that's how mediums work that's how it works and i think sometimes we get so caught up in oh you know, social media and our mind thinking about the past or worried about the future that we can't get in that present moment we are when we dream we are just before we fall asleep and that might be the way
1: yeah hello. and as you said sometimes the signs of you know um, these communications and signs are very subtle you know i mean it's not like somebody hitting you over the head with a, you know it's, it's um you have to be in that accepting you know mode and recognize it for what it is and and uh even though it may seem subtle it takes a lot of work on their end to make it happen
0: yeah absolutely well i'd love to find out about some of the things you're up to first of all you've you and fran started and you continue a long time radio show called signs of life. Do you have any idea how many episodes are out there? Cause I don't know.
1: We've been doing it weekly since uh, 2005 and all the episodes are archived on our website. Um, and you with a search engine. So if you plug in somebody, you know, and if we've interviewed them uh, over the years, you know, they'll pop up. I mean, originally um, I was doing, it was purely an interview show and i was just you know interviewing people in our field um but that was so demanding because i would refuse to interview anybody unless i read their book if they if they're a published author for, you know first and so i had to read you know four sometimes five books per month you know and 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 you know, with everything else that we're doing, I mean, I had books all over the house. I had books in the bathroom, I had books on my night table, night table every place I went to book. And then I slowly developed the skill to, uh, of speed reading. So, it's the only way that I get through it. But after doing it for so many years, I said, no, I, I can't keep this up. So, now we have many different, we have five different formats of the show. You know, we have one week um one of our certified mediums hosts a mediums and messages show. And it's simply listeners can call in and get, you know, like many, many readings from one of our certified mediums. We have uh, a medium interviews, um, you know, well, the mediums don't do readings, but you get into the mind of the medium by listening to the interview. We have a personal experiences show. Um, I still do, you know, some interviews. So, but, that took a big load off of my plate and and people get exposed to many different things. So, um, that's, but, you know, we continue to do that. Um, I host with, uh, with two co-hosts, a show at the uh, beginning of each month called the gathering. And it's really just like a big afterlife discussion group where people call in with their questions or email in their questions or personal experiences. And, and we talk about those. So, um, um yeah, been doing it um but just something we can't stop. We've been doing it for so long, you know?
0: <laughs> so, I know somebody sent me uh not too long ago the top um uh, podcasts on the afterlife. And there you are, number one. <laughs> Signs of life. I thought, oh cool. Yeah. Uh so yeah, you've been at it a long time and putting out good content. How about your blog beyond five senses.com?
1: You know, I was, I was always a frustrated writer. You know, I was an English major in college, you know, I wanted to be a journalist and, you know, I, my guidance counselor sent me to a, to a um, a university that she said had a great journalism department. I got there, I enrolled, I got settled. And I found out they didn't have a journalism department. <laughs> so, you know, it's so much for guidance counselors, you know, but um I, um, I, you know, I went and as life happens, I went in different directions and I never got to write. So, um, you know, I built a business over the years and I used to do the next best thing. I used to use my advertising skills to help, you know, build the business. That was my one way of, of, of writing, um, so to speak. And then after I retired from my, my real corporate job, um, I had more time and I started, you know, I was always writing stuff, for the foundation, you know, all of our, you know, literature and so forth. And um, then I got the idea to to write a book and I, uh, and I wrote the book and then I wrote the second book. And then there's a lot of stuff not connected to the foundation that I would like to get out there. So I just started, you know, that blog beyond the five senses.com just for my own so my head doesn't explode just to get some thoughts out there, you know, and and you know keep writing. Um, so it's always been a, a a big part of my life, but um, it remained you know hidden. So now I get to sort of fulfill my what I really should have been doing all these years, you know.
0: What of, line of business? If I was
1: a writer, I wouldn't have made any money. But <laughs> oh
0: gosh. what line of business were you in? He said, "Poor." I,
1: I owned an insurance agency for forty something years, you know. So it's totally. Um, that's a totally left brain. And you know what, in all those, you know, in, in the 20 years um, that I was still, you know, involved, you know, in the agency, none of my clients knew about the foundation, because I'm not the type that I don't try to convince anybody, I, I, under, I respect everybody's feelings. If given the opportunity, you know, with a client, I'll, I'll bring it up. And I'll just you know throw out there what some stuff that I've learned and you could do with it what, what you want but for the most part um I remember I every once in a while like when that Netflix documentary came out all of a sudden I started getting phone calls from clients of mine that I've had for 30 40 years and I'm like what <laughs> was that you that I just saw? <laughs> nobody had that but I always I always kept that part you know separate uh Fran on the other hand, we were complete opposites in every way. It's amazing. You know, like they say opposites attract, I guess that's true, but, you know, and she would use every opportunity that she had, no matter where we were it could be a restaurant. It could be a doctor's office, you know, to try to educate people into the stuff that we, you know, we were doing, but I wasn't, you know, I was more of a reserved, you know, kind of person. Um, And I never, I never did that, but um, you know, the foundation sort of got me out of, my shell sort of uh, um because i was especially after fran passed i was forced to do things that i never had to do but they needed to be done so then i you know i you know and then with writing the books and stuff and then the documentary i started doing more interviews and so forth but i'm still not totally comfortable with it but i do it you know and you get better at it through the years and
0: Oh, you definitely do. Yeah, and you can drop those little seeds, and if people pick them up and they want to know more, they can. Or they might just say, "Oh, great, yeah." Exactly. This is definitely not something we can push on other people. So many people ask me, you know, how can I convince my loved one this is real? It's like my best advice is let them come to you. <laughs> you know, we, we can't. I was a hardcore skeptic once, and I used to really laugh and make fun of people that believed in this and there was, there was nobody that could convince me but I think it's our own journey as being a human that eventually we start asking these questions so yeah,
1: yeah. so we're kindred uh skeptics you know but 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 you know that there, there is a, a difference between a closed-minded skeptic and an open-minded skeptic I mean open-minded skepticism is a good thing because we should yes. question because if you don't question you're not going to fully be con- you know be convinced you know so you you look for all the the physical explanations and when they they don't exist then you um the only thing left is is a spiritual explanation you know such as um you know near death experiences and 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 uh deathbed visions you know um this is a prime example i mean um or 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 terminal lucidity you know a sudden awakening where somebody that's totally you know, mentally and physically incapacitated, um, you show up one day about a week or so before they pass, and or or just before they're passing, and they're totally lucid, and you know, and you have a, it's as if they were never sick. And you know, I've experienced that in my own family, and and you know, you you think it's a miracle, you know, and then there is no medical or scientific ex- explanation for that. It doesn't exist. I mean, it's not possible, and yet it happens. You know, and I believe it's because we all have um, escorts to the other side you know i mean you know uh, whether we can communicate that to others or not um it's just you know you know the, the way that it is it is so you know a lot of these things is you know you, you can't dissect them in a laboratory you know that you know it's just traditional science um doesn't lend itself to these spontaneous types of you know of, of events but then you know, the anecdotal evidence is Beyond overwhelming, you know, millions and millions and millions of people can't keep experiencing the same thing, you know, without you paying people paying attention to it, you know, even though it's so-called anecdotal, you know.
0: Yeah. I don't know what it is about us human beings that we think we're the center of the universe and whatever we experience here on planet Earth is it. Because, you know, when you think of the ever-expanding universe, which is mind-blowing, or if we get down to the quantum level, all we are is invisible vibrating energy. That's mind-blowing. You know, we don't understand how dreams work. Where is consciousness? All these questions, yet it's so easy to say, well, if science hasn't proved it yet. You know, it's like, oh, I've got to think out of the box. Think out of the box, Bob, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a, that's what that certainly everybody in the work that we do thinks out of the box. You know?
0: Exactly. It what, does. One
1: day out of the box will become the norm. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. It does help to hear these stories that are coming from credible people. And not that your everyday person that doesn't have a PhD, et cetera, and so forth, isn't just as valid. But when we start hearing medical doctors and what they witness in the operating room, and there's so many cases of these visions that people have weeks and days before they pass stories from hospice doctors and nurses and to hear some of those types of stories I think it it just helps lend a good. uh, word to all this stuff is real and how comforting is it that loved ones or whoever come to help us across the veil I, I find that. really exciting and comforting. I,
1: I totally agree, you know, and, and and they find this very inventive in the way that they come through. You know, uh, you reminded me of, because um, when you asked about if I had any, uh, you know, communications, you know, from Fran, one of the, the mediums that have been certified by our foundation for many, many years as a hobby, um, not connected to her mediumship, did electronic voice phenomena. Um, and she would do that consistently. Uh, and she was very... Um, close, you know, with Fran. And then after Fran passed, she said, would you mind if I ask Fran in Spirit, you know, connected to EVP, a a series of questions every week to see if if we get anything? And I said, no, go go ahead. And um, she would send me the audio recordings, you know, after she did them. And, you know, with EVP, some of them you have to listen really hard, you know, but some are fairly clear. And in one of the EVPs, uh, she said, what is the name of the organization that you founded? And you hear faintly, but clearly, you know, Forever Family Foundation, Uh, you know, and and then on another day, it happened to be my birthday. And she said, do you have a message for Bob? And you hear happy birthday, you know, so so those are the things that are, uh, you know, I mean, listen, a lot of uh, EVPs can be dismissed as, you know, as anomalies, but those that that you can hear, um, they're really, really compelling evidence because it's something that we can perceive with our physical senses. We, uh, we didn't read about it in a book. It didn't come through a third party, you know, you know, as a medium and so forth. We're actually hearing, you know, what was said and we have it on, on recording tape. So I, 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 I don't dismiss um, the body of evidence from electronic voice phenomena and instrumental transcommunication. It's, it's really, you know you know, valuable
0: yeah it's exciting to see yeah. this coming. I want to talk to you about your books because I know we share a passion of good mediumship. So you've got the medium explosion, a guide to navigating the world of those who claim to communicate with the dead. how How did you start that and getting sort well, you know when
1: um the first thing that I noticed when we got into this work was that there were an awful lot of mediums that called themselves mediums that really did had very limited ability. you know, I mean, I'm not saying that they were fraudulent although certain small percentage are, but they just, you know, they, they, they were intuitive as we all are, but they, they had limited ability, if any, you know, to communicate with the dead. So I, I met with some well-recognized, you know, scientists in the field that study um, mediumship and I kind of picked their brains and they helped me to develop, you know, our own certification process. So, You know, we've been doing that uh, consistently since 2005. And um, so obviously over those years, I've witnessed, I can't tell you how many, you know, medium readings between that and, you know, the work and the foundation and demonstrations and so forth. And, um, you know, mediums, I don't have to tell you, are, are... They have a lot of responsibility because they're just sitting with grieving people that are just, you know, just on the edge. You know, they of belief. You know, is this is this afterlife just a crock? You know, or is it real? And if they go in and they get a horrible medium reading, it does more damage. You know, they're in worse shape than when they got there. On the other hand, a really evidential mediumship reading can change their lives for the better, you know, and have profound influence, you know, on on the rest of their lives. So um, as a resource for the bereaved, we set up our own evaluation system. Now I had no idea when we started, um, like how many people would gain certification, like percentage wise and not. And what I found consistently over the years um, is that, but only between ten and fifteen percent of the mediums that we evaluated, you know, gained certification, which meant that eighty five to ninety percent um did not. Um, and that didn't make me very popular in the mediumship community. But you know, but um, you know, I felt that you know would would you want this practitioner? sitting with your, you know, your loved one charging a lot of money and having a long waiting list, um, or not, you know, and we needed to have, it's not to say that our process is foolproof, but we, what we found over the years that the mediums that we certified are more consistent. They rarely, if ever, you know, failed, you know, to connect and, and the evidence and, you know, we have five different scoring methods that we use, um, and they have to meet the minimum guidelines in each of the five, you know, scoring methods. And a medium with marginal ability is just simply not going to be able to gain certification. You know, and you know it's really tough. Um, uh, but that's the way you know it has to be. So, um, and a lot of the mediums. Uh, the problem is that a lot of the mediums that we've certified over the years have gone on to become famous. And, you know, when, they, when a medium becomes famous, very often they do fewer and fewer readings. They charge more and more and more money. And their waiting list before you know it is three, four years. So, you know, that doesn't do us any good because <laughs> you're, you're grieving. You desperately want a medium reading. You go on the website, you pick out a medium and they say, okay, I can read you in three years and it'll be $800 for a reading. and you know, So, you know, yeah. of late, um, and it's all on me because I just was so involved in so many things. I really wasn't keeping up with it. So, of late, we've been evaluating more and more mediums. And fortunately, we found, you know, some some very good ones um, over the past, you know, couple of years. And they don't have long waiting lists. And they have, um, um, you know, they charge, you know, reasonable, you know, prices and, and. you know, that we continue to do that. I think it's, it's important to work, you know, plus the fact that, you know, I I didn't write the book as an expose of mediumship, I, you know, I, it was quite the opposite. I wanted to show that those who really can do what they claim, you know, are a gift, you know, and they do a tremendous service, you know, and they're they're part of a, of an, of an elite class and they should be recognized as, as such. And, you know, I, I hate it when, you know bad mediums kind of bring down the credibility of the good mediums you know it's not fair you know you know in that way um so you know we 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 continue to do that uh, it's one of the the core services that we provide of course there's no money can change hands the medium can't pay to be part of the process if they get certified they can't pay to be listed on our site you know that would diminish the integrity of the program so You know, membership in the foundation is free as well. We don't want to deprive anybody of information because of because of money. So been under under pressure for many, many years. I still am, you know, to charge start charging for membership, even if it's a nominal amount. But I keep resisting it because I, you know, it's not the kind of thing I want to charge for.
0: But people can donate. Right.
1: Yeah. And that's how we survive. I mean, and people are very generous and small donations add up every once in a while. You get a big donation. And, you know, my wife used to say like every time we were running low on money, like the universe would take care of it, you know, all of a sudden we'd get a, you know, a big, big check in the mail and so forth. But because now because we have so many members, it feeds everything else. There's more donations Our events are you know, we have four grief retreats a year. Um, and they, they sell out within two weeks after I post them. And I post them like almost, you know, seven, eight months in advance, you know. And that I attribute to the to Netflix because um, you know, I we allowed Netflix to film that one entire retreat in Connecticut, you know, and they, they got there Friday afternoon and they stayed stay till Sunday night, you know. But <clears throat> you know what it's like in In a film, I mean, between letting them film that and all the interviews they did with us personally, I counted, you know, more than 70 hours of filming. And that's for about 25, 30 minutes of content. You know, how do you, this was a lot of stuff that I wish, you know, would have gotten in that didn't. But I understand the nature of the work. Wow.
0: So you've got a new book. And I was just looking last night at all the comments that people... Wrote about it, my life here and there—a journey that transcends time and space. You want to talk yeah. to us about that? Yeah,
1: you know. So again, uh, I've I've led a kind of colorful life, you know, going to college in the late '60s, and you know, love and peace, and you know, and and, and all that, all that stuff, and I've done a lot of different things over the years, and always liked to write. So the first part of the book is really a, an accounting. Uh, of my life. Um, and at times I'm sure that might make people cry and sometimes people might laugh their asses off. You know, I've added some of the stuff that they'll hear. Um, but I always felt the way to back into telling people about the afterlife, um, uh, would have more impact in a, in a novel form, you know? So, I mean, it, it sort of I had some criticism because in the middle of the book or toward the second half of the book, I, I die in a plane crash, um, on, on the way to one of our conferences. Um, and then, I explain, which is partly based on fact, you know, my work with a physicist, you know, we had developed a system between the two of us where one of us would be able to communicate with absolute clarity, you know, from the other side. But I had people like friends of mine that like were searching the internet to find out if I really died, you know, because I said, okay, well, that means that the writing was good because you believed it, you know, but, um, and of course, so here I am, you know, writing about what the afterlife is like, obviously. It's just based upon all my reading, you know, and experiences, and what I've heard, you know, from others, you know. But it's a way of opening up people's minds to what things might be like, like on the other side, and that, thus, the title, "My Life Here and There," because it, it's my life in both places.
0: Wow! So not only have you gone through grief this way when that hurricane hit down where you lived, you lost part of your house, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, we had massive uh, damage, but you know what? Um, you know, I mean I, I, I mean, I lost, besides the major parts of the house, I lost every, all the belongings, you know, so that means 50, 60 years of, of, of photos and and all legal documents and all foundation documents, you know, because I had the office and, you know, when I moved to the house. So um, it, was a, it was a heavy hit, but as I tell people, I I was kind of, I mean, it was stressful and it was aggravating. But after what I had been th- through, I was surprisingly calm throughout the whole thing because there is a, a world of, of difference between losing a loved one and lo- losing material things. The two can't be compared, Compared, you know. So I've already been through the, the other part several times, you know, so this was... I don't want to say it was a walk in the park, you know, but it was it was manageable because um and and i and I understand i mean most of the people that that are on the island that I live um you know that lost everything, I didn't want to diminish their grief because it is grief grief of of your home and all your belongings is is a form of grief but I had the so-called luxury of being able to put that in perspective because in the big picture, it doesn't mean anything. It does, it it does not, you know, so I was able to to get through it. And eventually, you know, I was fortunate to find construction crews working around the clock and, you know, now my home is totally rebuilt. But um, so in retrospect, how many times do we, things happen to us during the course of a day that we think is monumental. Oh my God. You hear people talking. Sometimes I want to choke people, you know, it's like, you're not going to remember this two days from now, you know, you want to know profound, you know, uh, you know, grief and so forth. Uh, But but, um, again, it's, you know, we're all human and we all have have egos and we all have wants and needs. So I get it. You know, I was like that, but um, I think that um, I think that, Having grief over losing someone does um, provide, even though it's hard to recognize for a lot of people for quite some time, it provides some meaning and purpose that didn't exist before. Things that, that were very important, not mainly material things, don't have the same um, cachet as, 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 as they once did, You know, because that's not what's truly important.
0: Yeah, I think as as they say,
1: you're not taking it with you, right?
0: (laughs) No, we're not. I think grief has the power to put us on that spiritual growth, giving us answers. I also know grief has the power to make us want to check out of life. And even if we don't physically do that, I think people can die inside. So any information that we can give to help people along the road, I know you've got a link on your website for grief as well. As well as everything that you yeah. have. <laughs> so it's a good place to start. Let me remind everyone, Forever Family Foundation.org is the website. Bob, what questions should I have asked you that I didn't or answers or anything else you'd like to share? Because I'm finding our time really wonderful. Yeah, you know, well, you know, it's, so it's, you, you want to invite
1: go. me back at any time we can get into anything that you want. I mean, we could talk about the individual disciplines of research and so forth and um and 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 you know, how uh, people can, you know, can try to transform their grief and so forth. But no, I mean, I, it's a pleasure talking with you. And uh, you know, I think we, we got in the most of the points, then you covered them quite well. I appreciate oh, that.
0: Thanks. Any closing words for our listeners or our viewers?
1: No, I, I I just, you know, I often urge people, um, and I, I was guilty of it, is that we never, you know, take the time to just experience anymore. You know, I mean, even when you watch people, even when they're sightseeing or they're near something. I mean, they, they get so stressed over getting the perfect photo. You know, it's you know, or you or you or you go to a restaurant and you see a party of ten and everybody, all ten people, are on their phones at the table. You know, it's like we never just experience things. You know, for what they are. I mean, I've replaced. Um, you know the things that I used to enjoy with sitting out on my deck, you know, pre-dawn and waiting for the sun, you know, to to rise and you know, listening to, to to the birds and watching the vibrant colors and 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 so forth and 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 that's that's my adrenaline, you know, things like that. I just would urge people to always try to step back and just experience because there's so many things that are happening around us that we just simply refuse. Uh, or unwilling to, to recognize that it, that can really do a lot for us all.
0: I agree 100%. My mom and I owned a 30 plus year catering company that we traveled the country cooking for race car teams, cooking for 800 to 1500 people. It was a big organization, shut down due to COVID. She developed breast cancer, she's fine, but it turned our life upside down. And so we ended up getting a house. I'm looking over the woods every day, Bob, I go out and feed the birds. I get wild turkeys and the chipmunks and squirrels, and I must have 200 hummingbirds by the gallons of uh, nectar that I'm putting out. Wow. And for 30 years, I wasn't present to the miracle of life. And I can tell you, my heart is happy. It's full, it's being with my mom who's, uh, growing older and she's just the love of my life in extraordinary conversations and I don't think we need to wait to have that happen like we can actually stop and smell the roses as they say
1: yeah absolutely and 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 that you know like I always said I'm very poor at meditation you know I'm in a formal meditation the way I think it's supposed to be but when I'm sitting out on the deck watching the sun come up that's meditation you know or you know I mean meditation comes in you know in music and and and, and in art and nature and you know and we all meditate in different ways and i play, i i, I after friend uh, passed i started playing golf again and the people in the golf club you know think that i'm a total uh antisocial person because i i, I always play by myself i don't want to play with anybody else because it's a form, that's a form of meditation for me i just walking through the nature and the course and you know thinking of things and i don't want the pressure of competing or anything else so it's another form of meditation meditation just comes is all around us if we want to take advantage of it
0: yeah i'm reminded of a guy that i met i had been on a cruise with a group of people and we stopped and i think maybe saint thomas i'm not exactly sure but we went to one of the private beaches and there was a old security guard and he had the long dreadlocks and He was telling me stories and reciting poetry and these just beautiful things that resonated with my soul. And then I, stupid me, asked him if he took a course and learned how to write that way or if this was somebody else's works. And he says, honey, I just watched the waves and it all came to me. (laughs) So I thought, wow, yeah, being present, being with nature. Yeah. Amazing. Well, Bob, thank you so much for being our guest today. And let's plan another interview because then we can delve into something else you want to talk sure. about. I just, I'm left wanting more. And I think that's a good thing.
1: Well, I appreciate that. I enjoyed it very much. I respect the work that you do. Uh, and I was very happy uh, to be on the show tonight. Well, oh,
0: thanks. And for our listener or our viewer, thank you for taking the time to be here. As a reminder, you can go to we die.com. That is the home base. I always encourage people to come to our free Sunday gathering, which happens 2 p.m. New York time. We have been running it, well, our four years now, quite a long time. Uh, what was the idea of just getting everyone through the dark times with covid has become an international sensation it's free it's fabulous it's inspiring it's great to hear about life after death and know our loved ones are around but i think it's also very important if we don't die to have a powerful life go after our dreams help others do what we can and really make the most out of our life so reminder go to forever org and check out all great bob's things uh and he and his wife had started and the foundation continues on it's pretty great it doesn't cost anything to become a member and you get emails and kinds of good stuff so in closing my name is sandra champlain i've been your host on we don't die radio i do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is very important so i really want to thank you for listening or for viewing and we'll see you again soon.